Thank you very much, everyone, for coming. And thanks again uh, to join. Um, um, sorry, it was a very difficult thing to watch, I think. You will agree. I thank again uh, SOAS and uh, the Center of African Studies and the Royal African Society for organizing once again for the fifth year a beautiful festival uh, that has brought us here today. Uh, my name is Sebastiana Ezzo. I will be chairing uh, this uh, discussion. And I'm here with, Ma with Mike Thomas. He's a candidate, a PhD candidate at the Center for Film Studies here at SOAS. And his research focuses on uh, cinema in Ethiopia. And um, with, it, with his thesis, he's investigating genre in American language fictional feature films in particular. Um, he wrote several um, uh, articles on the topic, and is um, also translating a very interesting novel from Amharic to English. And uh, with us is also Macon and Michael. Is a SOAS alumni. Is an independent filmmaker and uh, a regular collaborator with BBC uh, Africa. Um, he made. He has uh, three documentary films uh, done and is actually promoting his latest uh, documentary, which is uh, Heaven and Earth uh, on church education and monastic culture in Ethiopia. Um, as I said, uh, this film is very strong, and I'm sure you have a lot of questions uh, to ask. Um, it, in, in particular, raises a lot of questions on ethics and morality um, uh, in film, in documentary and filmmaking, both in relation to uh, the audience and uh, to the protagonist. Uh, but I would leave uh, to Mike and uh, Mac uh, a few minutes uh, to say something and then uh, open the floor to any questions or comments. Mike, if you want. Uh, thanks, Sebastian. <coughs> ah, that's the first time I've seen this film. Uh, and there were moments where I couldn't watch it because I found particularly some of the close-ups of Marsha in the bedroom just uh, these images of her by herself in this room in this foreign country, very difficult to watch. Um, Ethics-wise uh, and documentary-wise, ethics and documentary filmmaking have, uh, of course, very... There's, there's a fine line between what's ethical and what's not ethical. And I'm coming from a PhD student, which is, you get a similar experience researching different areas, different topics. Um, I have no expertise in documentary filmmaking, that's why uh, Merkonen is here, because he'll give you all of these expertise. But I can, I can only offer you my reaction to the film, and what I do know about ethics, and what I do know about doc documentary filmmaking. Docu documentary filmmaking how I understand it in relation to what I study, I study genre, genre films. Um, documentary filmmaking can be a certain type of genre. Uh, it, it, it isn't typically in the area of genre films, that are typically fictional feature films. Um, but the audience, when, when we go and see a documentary film, we anticipate that we're going to get a sense of, of what is real. Um, and when I'm watching this film, you also have to understand that this is a filmmaker giving us these pictures for a certain reason. Um, 
she's constructing a narrative out of footage that she's taken, uh, chooses to put in shots, take out shots. Um, so there's an ethical question over whose ownership the film is. Is it the story of Masho, who's a real person that we're watching, and this is her life, but this is an interpretation, this is a perspective of her life that we are given to us by the filmmaker, Katrin, and this film is going to stay with Masho for the rest of her life. This image of Masho that we've been given to us in this film. So, I mean, that's an ethical question that I would like to raise. Um, um, I don't know if I can... Well, uh, you, you, you put it in a very uh, wonderful way. Um, I met the director uh, last May when the film was screened at uh, the uh, uh, Hackney Picture House. And I, I have a chance to talk to her a little bit uh, about the subject which uh, uh, Mike mentioned and uh, the, the challenges between making a, a true story, documentary filmmaking, and the feature filmmaking. And within the documentary filmmaking also there are lots of uh, uh, separate uh, types. This is a fly on the wall, following one particular uh, people, group of people, family, uh, and the story, and uh, within that, how uh, you can really put your uh, idea, concept on that film. Do you actually start when you write the script? Do you start at the beginning? Do you know the angle? Do you know that what you want to show to the audience, or is it just uh, uh, you you come to a particular angle uh, along the way? So that's the kind of question I asked her uh, while I met her last uh, May, and she gave me a, a very honest answer. Uh, to do this film, she, it, it was just accidental. She met the adoptive family, the mother, the adoptive mother, in one uh, uh, some kind of uh, family gathering occasion, and she told her um, she is going to. Uh, uh, adopt uh, children from Ethiopia, brother and sisters, and uh, this family they, they tried to have their own children for about seven times. It failed. It's very sad. They have a very sad story as well. So uh, then, as a filmmaker, she is uh, she 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 said she, she she been told that the family, the biological parents, have have. Uh, uh, serious sickness, HIV AIDS, and they're going to die uh, sooner. So before they die, they want to see that the children are at least they've been given to uh, a better place and a better life. So that should be a fantastic story she taught to make. That was the, her idea, just to go to Ethiopia with them, see the, the family interaction, the adoptive family and the biological family, then as she believed that adoption is a good thing, in a way. That was her first motive and plan. But as you can see, as you see the film, it become a completely different genre, different angle, and she tried um, the one go, only travel to Ethiopia, become five times. She traveled five times and back and forth, and she captures all these stories from both sides of the, the, the family. And uh, a very sad story, but 
well captured. Really, really well captured. I, I really applaud her. She's an amazing filmmaker. And uh, it's very difficult. You lost in, in along the way. You can lost in, in space while you are making. But she still persistently uh, give us this uh, fantastic story. <coughs> Sad. But as a filmmaker, I always see that this, uh, how she tried to engage herself with the audience and how she, all these close-up shots of Marshall and the family interaction, the anger, um, the interpretation. There's a lot of problem in the middle, so interpretation also. So there was, uh, she lost herself uh, with, with uh, interpretation. They didn't have a professional interpreter who translate Amharic to English, English to Amharic. Uh, and that also helps to lots of misunderstanding uh, uh, when they're making the film. So, any question you have on this, uh, the challenges of a filmmaker when they do uh, uh, a documentary film or reality film? So, if anything I can share through my experience, then. I, I was just wondering one thing because um, I also work in um, television uh, and work with children. I just noticed that it wasn't a huge amount of interaction um, with Moshe. And I just well, obviously you're not being done directly yourself, but did you get to speak to that relationship? Because having had experience, I remember putting a camera in front of a child uh -huh. will get them to react in a very negative way. Yes. Um, and I've actually walked away from projects because I felt they were wrong um, in mm. that respect. And that was, for me, the most difficult part of the documentary, that her story wasn't really told. Well, well absolutely, you, you're right on that. And uh, that's another that's as a challenge of making a reality documentary, a reality film, not only documentary, following uh, a story. Uh, for how long you can manage to get a true story or a real story without any uh, mix-up? <coughs> when somebody uh, put a camera on some some like Big Brother, uh, if you see Big Brother, okay, 24 hours. So after a while, a human being just become itself. You can't really control yourself that every single second and minute. But uh, this particular uh, shot of uh, the director, um, uh, it, it is, to some extent, she, she, she knows which part she picked. And she had a wonderful editor as well. She got very, very, he's an amazing editor. And uh, I, I, I listen to his interviews. Um, so that's the thing, how, which part she chooses and which doesn't. And she has also, she has this immense loyalty to the adoptive family. She has, so, because she got all this um, information and to do the production also uh, helped by the adoptive mother. So she, she has this very deep uh, loyalty. So that's the challenge always when you make a documentary film in a reality context, that is another problem, I think. Um, oh, sorry. Um, throughout the whole film, I was waiting for the reunification of the biological family with Marsha, and it never happened. And it made me really upset to watch the whole film, really, and angry. And, and I thought about the morality of the filmmaker 
And at what stage do they not just walk away from a project that they find unethical, but intervene? And they can facilitate that contact. They can facilitate that anguish of the parents, and they don't. And I don't know. Just... Well, uh, do you want to say something? Um, yeah. I could say a bit about the ethical. Just, I think this film has actually been quite instrumental in changing the, the laws in Ethiopia, that all of the things that happen. So you've got both the ethical question of when you're trying to, when you see a project which you don't actually have in mind, you know, she's making this project with the view that it's going to be a happy story about adoption. Yeah, right. So, so when, so when do you make the decision? I mean, sure. When if I'm, if I'm the director of this film and I see them in the hotel room and the kid is just asking for her mum, uh, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I, I would have to intervene. I would have to do something, right? But at the same time, when you have a film at the end of the day, which has had an effect in changing the law of a country, then how do you weigh up those? I mean, it's, it's a personal decision that diff different people, everybody has their own set of morals, right? So you act on, on those, I guess. Exploit one for the value of many, or...? Well, that's, that's the question, yeah. Yeah, you, you said um, that there, there was a sort of loyalty to the adoptive parents, but I actually, I mean, I thought that it was heartbreaking all, all the way around, but I didn't really, I mean, and I work in adoption, so I'm coming from that angle, post-adoption, um, and I just didn't get a sense at all of what were the difficulties with her. It, from what we saw, it wasn't that bad. I mean, what was the issue at the table? You know, you think that there was just so much harshness there on the side of the adoptive parents, for which yes. I don't know what the reasons were. And I do know that a lot of adoptive families struggle, you know, both international adoptions and domestic adoptions, maybe even more so. But, you know, I didn't think that was captured all that well, to be really honest. Well, she's loyal for the adoptive family. She told me that. There are lots of things which is not really put on the film. Uh, because of that loyalty. Yeah. But as you said, it's clearly showed that the adoptive family, they, they are more a child than the, the, adop the adopters, for me, because they, they not really push themselves to listen to Masha or understand her problem and bring some solution. Rather, they keep telling, uh, cursing her or uh, doing lots of allegations. She got as some kind of possessed and stuff and this and that. And um, I am not against adoption, like fiercely against. There is no way I can't say that. There is a lots of really support uh, given for those children have no any hope, and it is. It is good thing if it is really maintained and supervised and uh, uh, worked between the government body, the adaptive family, um, the adaptive family and the biological family. If there is those interactions, human interactions, I mean, it's not bad. I mean, we, we, we can pick lots of people who are very successful in life uh, from this background. So for me, it's, it's a misunderstanding, uh, I think. And the adaptive family in this particular film, they were not 
Although there is there is some film, some some particular important shoots maybe is not included. So it's very difficult for me to say, uh, to explain in a way, uh, a should way of description. I can't give that, but there is something wrong there. Um, but I always, uh, the, the, the camera angle and the way she tried to bring story from one, uh, you know, episode to the other, she, she did a really wonderful job. Well, from filmic aspect, I'm not saying that this is very sad story at the same time. But I, I think, if I may, uh, that the film also is very critical of uh, the old system, not just the Ethiopian one, because yes. it shows two parents who are just catapulted in a situation that is bigger with, than them, and they, they can't face. And the kind of support they have once they are back home and they start facing problems, which, as you say, they are not such big problems, you know, they, at least from what we see, can be solved easily. Um, but they don't have the right support, and so the only solution seems to send away the, the kid, which is also, yeah. I think, uh, yeah. a, a way right. for the director to really criticize uh, the system in Denmark or yeah. what was the system a few years ago, at least. I can ask a question like this. I just wanted to know how ethical would it be for the documentarist to intervene in this situation, given that I, I, I was quite um, upset knowing what happened to the girl in the end. Which, uh, you know, I don't understand why they couldn't perhaps do a campaign or something to help the girl and return it and return it to back to Ethiopia. So how ethical would that be? And uh, also, what happened in these three years after the film has? Do you know but from an interview um, to the director uh, uh, apparently the two the biological parents they don't want Marshall to come to go back to Ethiopia yeah, because they yes. think they she's now used to a different way of life she's got things that once back home she won't have anymore yes um, so for them I, I'm not sure how much they know about the uh, situation now um, but definitely, from their perspective, being in Denmark is still a better option for the kids. Yes, after they watched the film, they were very sad, as everybody. And, uh, and they were the first to watch the yes, film. Yes, they were so angry, Marshall couldn't really uh, make it with the family, and the family was very harsh to her, they believe. The mother, especially, they, are, they thought that she's the main manipulative. In, 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 in the house, and the husband is always following her, as you see in the film. He never said anything. He always said, I listen to the mother, listen to the mom. Listen. He, he didn't intervene. He didn't see the different way of uh, understanding. But uh, because of that, they, they're very happy. In fact, she's out of them and been given to the orphanage. They are very happy. And they were asked, and she's, they said that they are very happy she, she to stay there, not to come back. Well, that was the motive from the beginning. They give it to the children. It's because there's no any other reason. They have uh, about another three, four children there. They, 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 they said, no, no. They, well, they, look, interpretation also. I listen, Amhari, because I'm from Ethiopia. Some of the words the guy said and the interpreter said is completely different. Yeah. You can't really. The, it's, right. the, so that's, there's a lot of problems along the way. The communication failure is bigger there. So what, what happened was. They're very happy now because Marshall, she's not living with the mother. They didn't like her at all, and the father is always following the mother. Because of that, they're happy. And um, 
that is it on that stage everything now i don't know in the future if she continue i asked her do you continue to do this film again continue with my show she said no 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 McConnell. i'm not doing anything like this anymore what's the value of the film if the translation is inaccurate well, it's not the entire uh, translation inaccurate as it is is there some places there is some uh, misunderstanding there it's not like the entire film is inaccurate well, it is. I tell you this example. I tell you this: the driver, the taxi driver, become a translator at some point. He was actually sitting there and telling all the stories from one to the other. So this is the problem about reality films as well. This is also another problem. You always have, you just see what happened there, and you use the any material you have there is always. It is, this is the, the, the challenge, making a reality documentary film. And I like that, in a way, making, don't really use all this uh, highly sophisticated equipment and the people. Wasn't that the point of the very thing, that uh, by having the tenuous rebel kind of laugh as well, because with the miscommunication, we could tell what was really being said versus what was being said, that shows the entire situation of play, the misconception between mm -hmm. if one body over here and the other over here. So I thought it was more like a, a civilization than anything. And after so we didn't know that. Well, I mean, yeah. you know. No, no, I'm saying no, but and, and maybe it was good enough interpretation. Maybe I misunderstood you in saying it's complete wrong. See, but when we knew there was a difference, that difference from if it was a difference, we didn't. Know. Sorry, I'm. But definitely, sorry, definitely the first year when she, the director, of firstly shoot, uh, started shooting the movie. She didn't realize she had. There was sorted out and then came out that there were a lot of misunderstanding between the two families also due to the fact that people were not translating um, accurately and so they both understood the different things we have time for two more questions the lady has been um, I think it's a shame that the film didn't give enough attention to the case of the little boy Robbo who seemed to have a much more successful story and outcome to balance um, Masha's story. And I think that's a shame. Uh, yes, if I can say what I think yes, <laughs> about this. Um, I think the boys, in some way, I felt it is used to, uh, to strengthen the, uh, the image that we have of Masha as a difficult or uh, well, not a difficult child, but as a child that has difficulties to adapt in and to accept in the new situation. So in some way, uh, Robo is the easygoing boy, he accepts everything, he was much younger than the sister. So it doesn't cause his problems, because for him it was probably, probably as they say at the beginning, he forgot the biological parents. Um, and I think because of probably of the loyalty that the director has with the adopting parents, he has, she has been very... Uh, maybe very very nice in the way she's expressing things without being too um, trying to let us understand certain things like uh, like these and others without uh, telling them openly but uh, because otherwise would be taking part against the adoptive parents or uh, 
but definitely can be interpreted in yeah. different ways. Could be a question, yeah. Uh, I think it would be very harsh to judge the adoptive parents too harshly, us sitting here and just watching a film. Yeah. Um, I think also from that film, if I was going to criticize anything, I'd criticize the systems that mm. we have both yeah. in Ethiopia with that organization, which was yeah. doing a very wrong thing in the way they were abandoning their the parents. They said, you're a part of our family. And then four years later, they don't hear anything. Uh, and similarly, the psychologist who came in mm. from Denmark <laughs> and started speaking and giving these people uh, the fact that they're ignoring this girl who, as we heard from the parent, has very strong will. Um, the fact they're ignoring her and then misunderstanding her and not really empathizes, mm -hmm. uh, empathizing with her. Um, that psychologist and that system of, what is the system of taking them to another family, abandoning them uh, with another family to give a rest to one family? Imagine, if you have a child, would you do that to your child? <laughs> Sorry, I don't, for two weeks, I don't want you anymore. I'm going to put you somewhere else. We don't so, know what happened in the middle. Also, yeah. you know, like yes. We've got just an hour. It's a lot of stuff here. So there might be, you know, there must have been something else going on that we are missing. So, because from from a psychologist to say, oh yeah, no, we are gonna send send her two weeks somewhere else. Like to me, it's a bit like, well. Yeah, but uh, even uh, if you go to adopt someone, you take on a responsibility which you then just can't. Yeah. Go. Actually, it's too hard and shirk your responsibility. Um, if, if that's the way they're going to do it, they shouldn't have gone for adoption in the first place. Yeah, they were not ready. That's why I said they were not. This family, uh, the adoptive family, they want children, but they are not ready to have them. That's the biggest problem, and they don't know what to do. Well, the director told me they read lots of books, how to be good. <laughs> they read. They prepared themselves like uh, theoretically, uh, like better than anyone else. But when it has become a practical uh, situation, it's very difficult for them. So they couldn't even handle, well, I have children, three children I have, and uh, there's always pressure. Uh, my children, they always don't listen. I mean, I tell my son that do this, do that, the next time he doesn't do it. Purpose. I thought that sometimes he did it purposely, but it's not. That's about children, but these guys, they don't know about children and how they behave, and they don't have any clue. And as you said, the psychologist is the one of really the most <laughs> wrong person I ever <laughs> listened. And, uh, and uh, they said, uh, well, the director told me now they want to change. Well, she brings lots of issue in Denmark mm -hmm. and in Germany, the film show in Germany as well. So for that particular reason, I really applaud and, and really uh, admire this filmmaker yeah. with um, all things. I don't think we have time for another question. I'm looking for Anna. No? Uh, otherwise, there is one there at the top, and we close with that. OK. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, we, we can also continue. You can continue the discussion if you want outside. Yeah. Oh, it's just because I think we have to clear the room, I think, soon. Yes. But, Okay, last, very last question. The sadness for me, and I worked in adoption here, is that, the, yes, the parents didn't understand, and many adoptive parents don't understand, and nor do parents understand that until you're a parent, the doing of, the doing with. Yeah. They didn't get the child's grief. 
acutely grieving, acutely grieving is what we saw all the way along, and nobody had under, um, um, explained it to her by the sound of what was going to happen. So she had no preparation by the looks of it, you know, your daddy will be back, your mum will be back. They didn't understand that. And then the bond from the mother to the child didn't grow, and the attachment didn't grow because she was still grieving. Absolutely. That needs a lot of help. Yes. That, you can't just, ma that doesn't magic. Yeah. Love doesn't magic. Mm. They got it with the little boy because for some reason, and he would have grieved as well. That had mm. to be there. And they didn't, the psychologists didn't understand that there was love in the birth family. Yeah. So they've just seen as these harsh parents. Yeah. Wonderful. You were supported it. Yeah. I think um, if I can just come in, if do people know Lemon Sisai? He's he yes. was adopted and he's been brought up in, in in Britain. He reviewed this film and he said, "This is not a documentary about adoption, but this is a documentary about child abuse." So I think. So I think it puts it in a different perspective. He's, uh, as well. he's against all the time. He's against, so people have their own view. He's against because of his uh, life experience and background. And uh, we see lots of uh, good things happen to, for some children who've been adopted as well. So we can't be like one uh, headed judge. We can't, you can't judge it as it is. But I, I think there is always uh, a way as long as uh, people understand each other, I think. Thank you very much all for coming. Uh, pick up if you didn't do a program. Thank you. And thank you to Matt and Mike.